Ladies and gentlemen, it's hot times in Westeros with a lot of naughty, naughty nighttime activities going on and also some slightly unpleasant and boring ones as well. But we are here with House of the Dragon, Episode 4, The King of the Narrow Sea. How is our young heroine Rhaenyra going on her search for a husband? We're going to find out. I am Natalie Bohensky, the co-host of Raven On, the original and best, let's face it, you got to hype yourself up, Game of Thrones universe style podcast recap thingy. And with me as always is a man who needs me to hurry up and get this podcast over with because he's got an orgy to get to. It's Stuart Late. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we real, I'm really on the clock here. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the orgies don't wait for you. <laughs> they really don't. They just, no, they no. just happen, man. They you just know, happen, you know? It's like a wave, you know? you just got to go out and catch that wave and ride it in. <laughs> that beautiful, fleshy wave. <laughs> how are you doing, Stu? How I'm good, Natalie. Doing? I'm good. More importantly, how are you doing? You had some, um, uh, shall we say, uh, troubles this week. I've had troubles. I've had troubles. And Stu, I just want to apologize. I have not yet worked out why our episode three podcast of Raven On did not go onto Apple Podcasts. I, I have not been able to work it out. I've uploaded it again. It's uploaded to all other RSS feeds. Seems fine. It's just not up uploading to Apple Podcasts. I cannot diagnose the problem. Now, I'm hoping that this episode that we're recording right now does go up on Apple Podcasts so the people who missed that episode will hear this apology. If it does not upload, they're not going to hear this apology because the episode won't upload. <laughs> I'll have to find another way of telling them that I'm very sorry. But I've had multiple people reach out and say, oh, there's still no episode up. Um, you know, And I'm like, yeah, I know. I just happened to have broken my fucking ankle <laughs> in Sydney. Well, I'm trying to I, set I shouldn't, up a I shouldn't show. Laugh. No, no, no. Laugh all you want, Stu. I'm with it. I'm with I'm You're able to laugh now. I just, I was not, my nickname is Girl Clumsy. It's my Twitter handle. It's been Girl Clumsy for years. I understand. And the that albatross I, around your neck. <laughs> I understand that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. The problem is, is that every time something happens to me and I tweet about it or whatever, everyone then goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. hey, I guess, I guess go clumsy by name, go clumsy by nature. And normally I'm like, yeah, it's a thing. And this time I'm like, no, this is not my fault. This is a pavement and a loose Telstra access cover on George Street in Sydney that was wobbly and that tripped me. I did not screw up this time. I was screwed. <laughs> In all fairness, I did put this on the internet because the only way I, I have, uh, you know, being it's the journalist in me, Stu. I'm like, I just need to report as it happens. Mm, yes. And that's what I did for years. The old instincts did. kicked in. As a journal, the instincts kick in. I just need to document this. And the best way for me to document something is to tweet it. That way the timeline is there. I can go back and look at the reference pictures, see how my emotional state was. And I was not happy because what happened was I was walking down. I did never... Go and get a healthy option when it would have been better for you to stay at home and just eat junk food. Because this is what I, I always say. The, the, the biggest cause of injuries in Australia is amateur sport. Oh. Right? Look, like, like it, it's, it's bad for you. Don't do it. It's so bad for you. <laughs> don't, don't leave the house. Sit in a couch, on a couch, in a couch. <laughs> don't leave your house. I had had a full three full days. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three full days of bumping in my show here in Sydney, Titanic the movie, the play. We are starting up this week, sydneyfringe.com. 
go have a look, book tickets. Oh, God, please book tickets. But massive day. We brought a boat down from Brisbane on a truck. We installed it. We've put up site fencing. This massive logistical exercise, and I'm the one in charge of it. I run my own little company. I'm the only one kind of central point. I have lots of help, of course, but directing the show, producing the show, holding everything together is me. And when I get to the hospital that evening, what do they say? Oh, you're going to need to call off sick for a few days and just rest. And I'm like, I cannot do that. I work for myself. <laughs> I have a show going on. I cannot. There's no one to hand off to. Uh, anyway, but by the by, I if massively full day Monday. I got home, dumped out stuff from my backpack, and I thought, should I order in takeaway? And I thought, no, Natalie, go to Woolworths, get some healthy options, stack, stock the fridge a bit with a few supplies, sandwiches, you know, wraps, whatever. And eat something healthy. Don't go get takeaway. And I went, you know what, I will. And I was dog tired, but I went to the Woolworths. First of all, I thought the Woolworths in Sydney Town Hall only had like dry goods. I couldn't find the fresh food section. I was like, what is this a Woolworths? It has no fresh fruit or meat or veg or cheese or dairy. It was all downstairs. Didn't realize there was a downstairs. <laughs> so I got a few things and I'm like, well, this is not very good, but I'll have, I think I got like a takeaway meal or something. Walking back along George Street, plod, plod, plod. Bang, wobble, crash. Now, my ankle went twist once and I went, uh-oh, mm -hmm. and then crunch second time. Ooh, crunch is and, and I went down and I landed full force. So my right ankle, which is my bad one, cra cracked and crunched. And then I took the full weight of the full on my left knee. My left knee, my poor left knee had done nothing. It had done nothing. And then <laughs> it was an innocent sudden, bystander in all this. Innocent bystander. And then all of a sudden it hits the ground, takes the full force of me and my heavy grocery-laden backpack. Now, I'm not a small lady. And a whole bunch of people had to stop and help me up. So I was so embarrassed and I was upset because as my ankle crunched and I fell to the ground in slow motion, I all of a sudden was like, I am so fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Like as I was hitting the ground, because I knew that it was bad yep. and I hit the ground and I was like, this is bad. This is bad. Thankfully, a nice lady got me some ice from McDonald's and I sat on a bench and I took photos and I tweeted about how I was very upset. Please don't joke about my name being clumsy. This is not my fault. Um, to their credit, Telstra actually, somebody retweeted it to Telstra and they got in touch with me and they're like, thank you, please, you know, we'll take the report about the about the cover, whatnot. And then I think someone else tweeted, this is Sydney Council. This is the good thing about Twitter. This is when Twitter is good, when the right people can put you in touch with the right people. The other side of Twitter, the hell stuff, stop it. Just stop it. Mm, Be the yeah. good Twitter. Be the good Twitter. Anyway, so I had to walk back to my hotel, which admittedly wasn't far. It was only about 250, maybe 300 metres, right, from where I fell. Not that far. It was the worst thing I've ever done in my life, possibly, I don't know. But right now, it's I can't think of anything else sure. that was yeah. more painful than that walk because I was lucky that I found a, an alleyway to cut through that had high walls on either side. So I kind of had one arm on the wall and I was like propelling myself along. And every time I put weight on my ankle, I wept. And then, of course, I, my I other bet. leg had the sore knee. So I was like, ow, 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 got back to my hotel limped in weeping the staff at the Meriton suites on Kent cannot rave about them enough they sat me down they were immediately all action stations they got ice nice guy wrapped the ice around my leg with a compression bandage they were calling That's so great like because like, they could have easily just ignored you I was looking into getting an Airbnb to stay here in Sydney if I'd have done that I would have been screwed I would have gone home and I would have I would have put my leg brace on and, and iced my ankle and then gone oh well I guess I'll be okay but I, I, well, actually, well, I, kind I, of I think I think the following morning when your when your ankle was the size of a balloon and black, oh, you probably true. would have 
probably would have gone to the hospital. Well, this is the thing. I, I got there and I said, I just need, can you get like a home GP? And they said, oh, we can't get one, but we're going to send you to the hospital. We're going to get a cab. Uh, we've called the the hospital emergency room and they've said to, to send you in. So they put me in a cab. The cab driver reassured me that I probably just sprained it. I probably haven't broken it. And I, I really wish I'd placed a bet uh, with him on that one. Uh, so I got in and I honestly, staff at St. Vincent, Sydney, amazing, just really beautiful, so helpful, so caring, except the very first guy <laughs> that I saw. And I don't know the triage guy. I'm not sure if he was a doctor or a nurse. I don't want to, uh, you know, gender specify. So I'm not sure exactly who's in charge of that triage, whether he was a nurse or a doctor, but I, he got me to walk in and he was like, if you can, if you walked in here, then you can walk into this room. And I was like, ah, weeping. And I went, ah, ah. And I, had, I still had my full backpack full of groceries, Stu. I still had this heavy backpack <laughs> that I was trying to lug around. Well, so that, that's, that's an insane thing to say to someone who may have been suffering from the effects of shock and could, could well I, be coming down from that by this stage. Well, then this is what happened next to you. So I get into the room and I'm, I am I think I was in a bit of shock. I think because with everything happening, you know, tiredness, pressure, stress, broken ankle, I, I, I think I was in a bit of shock. And I was like, I think I'm in shock. I'm having this very emotional reaction. Mm. Uh, and he said to me, now try to calm down. You've twisted your ankle. The world isn't going to end because you twisted your ankle. Oh my and God. I was, I was so stunned that like, it was almost like the wind was knocked out of me and like, to his credit, I did immediately stop crying because I was so surprised. You were just... <laughs> I was so surprised someone would say that to me. And so I just was like, huh? And then he did something else. And I sort of took a deep breath and I said, I have to give you the context. I am here by myself in Sydney, putting on a show I am the producer and director. I don't have backup. I have sprained and hurt this ankle multiple times in my life, yeah. the most recent one being in April this year, and I've only just gotten it better. I've spent thousands of dollars on physio. I am really scared this is going to be a bad one, and I still have to work, and now I can't walk. So it probably wasn't that eloquent, but I was like, I need to give you this context as to why I'm really upset. And thankfully he did, he didn't apologize, but he kind of, you know, softened a bit and then started saying yeah. things like, oh, so what's the play? Oh, cool. Okay. And I think, you know, I don't want to attack him in any way because, you know, he's triaging in an emergency room. There was a guy outside on the payphone yelling about how he was going into rehab. You know, it's a busy place with strange things happening and he was probably stressed. So not, not to throw shade, but it was just a really extraordinary, like I was not expecting that. And to be honest, I wanted sympathy. I wanted a lot of pats on the head. I sure, wanted a lot yeah. of strokes on the hand. Uh, but thankfully, everyone else who I saw after that, like that guy was fine. He brought me He brought me over to be, um, you know, admitted and then gave me drugs. And he was, he was fine from then on. And then everyone else was wonderful and really lovely. Uh, and, uh, and, and I got x-rays. They, you know, told me it was an a ankle fracture. Um, it, it could have been a lot worse. It, it, it's a minimal fracture. It doesn't fucking feel like a minimal fracture, Stu. <laughs> can't move, but apparently it's a minimal or like fracture. Uh, but it is broken and uh, it is a break. That's what the doctor said. It's a fracture here, which is a break. And I went, okay, great. But at least I didn't re-tear the ligament that I buggered in April. It's just another part of that ankle that's now gone. Um, and he said, it's got to be in a moon boot, six to eight weeks and on crutches for at least two until I have a follow-up with an osteopath in two weeks. 
So I'm like, great, but I got x-rays. I got uh, a bunch of blood thinning medication because if you're in a moon boot, you know, they need to give Mm. you blood thinners to make sure you don't get a blood clot from not moving around. Uh, And a moon boot Do you have to inject those or are they I do, yeah. I've got to shove it it right in my gut. Bloody sucks. Um, it's not too bad. I've got a really impressive bruising on my stomach where I have to inject my flab. Um, so now I have like blue and pink flab on my gut. Anyway, uh, that aside. So the thing is, Stu, I had planned to come to Sydney. I I picked a hotel that had a gym, you know, and a pool. So I was going to like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to just take time once the show is up and running to get, you know, a bit healthier work. I've got a place, I've got a kitchen. I'm going to cook my own food. I'm just going to have a really nice, like, you know, working holiday in Sydney where I work hard and I, I, you know, take care of myself a bit. And it's going to be really therapeutic and really nice for me. <laughs> Unfortunately, be- Sydney has ground you up and spat you out. Yeah, already, already. But yeah. I have to say, like, the people have been very caring. And my cast here, I've got a local Sydney cast, have stepped up. You're, you're so actors, not, well. not the cast on your foot. Oh, no, I don't have a cast on my foot. I have a moon boot. Uh, My (laughs) acting cast have been phenomenal. They have stepped up and they've gone above and beyond because I now, I hate, I hate being the kind of director who doesn't do, you know, ask the cast to do something that they wouldn't do themselves. Like this show involves a lot of props, set pieces, hauling shit around, and I am always there in the thick of the action, moving shit as much as I can be. This this is an opportunity, Natalie. You can finally be the bossy director you've always wanted to be. (laughs) You can just no, 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 hey, hey, don't lie to me, don't lie to me. You can, you can just, come in, you can just go in and just direct everyone, tell them what to do. It's like, yes, hey, I've, moon boot, do I've it. I've ordered, I've ordered jodhpurs and a megaphone uh, and a beret. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I can't help. I've just been sitting there going, um, can you move over there and maybe do this way? And you know, I'm a get up and kind of get involved sort of director, and and now I can't really help. So I just have to give my cast all the kudos in the world. Um, for stepping up because, you know, this is new to them. They're learning the show and they've had to like really be thrown in the deep end even before the ankle hit and I then couldn't help as much as I typically Mm. would. So, you know, sorry to take the first 20 minutes of the podcast to just whinge (laughs) Stu. Not at all. It's a it's a traumatic life event. Trust me, I've broken my ankle myself and I know it sucks. And the next couple of weeks are not going to be fun. But, you know, out the other side of it. You, you'll, you'll have you. It will heal, and you'll be fine. I hope so, because I have to um, sleep in the moon boot, which is an interesting experience. Yes, de- so, definitely do that. Don't do what I did. I assumed you could take it off. Um, don't do that because it hurts like hell when you move around in the night. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a very yeah. silly thing to do. So definitely keep it on. But it's really weird because I'm like, but I'm wearing this out, and the thing is, I'm not coordinated, Stu. As as this whole story has told everyone, I'm clumsy. <laughs> So I now have to work crutches. I am terrible on crutches. I can't make them work. You're, you're going to get so jacked though, Nat. You, 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 your arms are going to be like brust. It's going to be amazing. You reckon? See, I can't oh, lift yeah. because the, the moon boot is heavy and also my thighs are fat. So the combination means it's really hard for me to lift this freaking moon boot off. You're, you're going to develop incredible upper body strength and one really toned leg. <laughs> well, the thing is, my other leg is still really sore because my knee is sore. They did x-ray sure, that knee yeah. and that knee is fine. It's just really badly bruised and swollen and got a bit of a, you know, swollen, bloody, you know, underneath the skin sort of thing happening. But it's really sore. 
So every time I then put weight through that knee, I'm like, ow, and then I have to, you know, be on the crutches going, stomp, <laughs> ow, stomp, ow. So I've got to kind of touch the boot to the ground and then I have to just come in and sleep in it in my bed. Yeah. Like, it's really weird. It's the I weirdest thing. Some, Lots of pillows. Some, I need to get some wipes uh, just to wipe off the bottom of it. But, yeah, it's really interesting um, having a shower, just trying to manoeuvre myself around. And, uh, to That's everyone, are you, are you going the plastic, the plastic bags and the, um, the rubber bands or what are we, what are we doing there? Uh, no, no, no. He said uh, just take the moon boot off for the shower. Oh, okay, right, good. So yeah. that's the only time I take it off is to shower and then um, put it back on, sleep in it, do everything else in it. So here right. it is down here, just tapping it now. I don't know if you can hear that. Be nice. So I need that's a name. Through. If you have a name for my moon boot, <laughs> if you would like to name my moon boot, uh, then um, definitely call in. <laughs> that's it. Well, ju- just like to, I just wanted to explain to people why the recap is still not out, why the podcast is late, why you know I haven't worked out what happened with last week's podcast. It's just been a series of disasters. It has been a week. Uh, it has been a week. So thank you for your patience, particularly to my patreons who are very supportive. Um, and yes, a few people have asked, like, "Oh, where's the recap? No recap this week." And I'm like, "No, please, I just I'm, I'm injured." Uh, and I was going to do, like, I've gotten home at night and gone, I'll do some more writing. And I've just like hit the hay. I've just been so tired. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. But one thing I did eventually do is watch House of the Dragon. Hey, fantastic. (laughs) Well, then we can Uh, talk about it. Let's talk about it eventually. So, (laughs) uh, just to bring it full circle, just like Viserys, you are also falling apart. (laughs) I'd like to resemble in this show and in this universe. Viserys is not up there because he's stabby and, as it turns out, a dud root. So <laughs> these are not things you want to be. That's very true. Very true. Uh, do we want to just start with our minute challenge then and get? Let's go. Let's go. It? And I think it's, it's your it's your turn. I I, okay. I cede the floor. Please go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my first thing was, whoa, we saw some sex this episode. We certainly did. It's been a, it's a, uh, sex has come back to Westeros in, in a big way. In a, in a big way, in a long way, in an extended way, in a, in a very uh, <laughs> fleshy, in a slightly uncomfortable and incesty yeah, way. Yeah. I, I wrote that this is the, um, and I've got this in my recap too, is this, this episode I thought was going to be about reconciliation, but actually it ends up being about... Uh, about fucking and I'm talking specifically, <laughs> excuse my language of course, but I'm talking uh, fucking off, fucking with and fucking over. Indeed. Yeah, so full frontal nudity. I wrote Rhaenyra lies. She lies. She sure does. She sure does. With absolute confidence, no sense of remorse. It's like she didn't actually have sex with her uncle, but she was going to have sex with her uncle. Like it was not, it's not like she was. Yeah. And then she had sex with Kristen. So she's yeah, exactly. So like, you know, she's saying, I am a maid. I'm a maid. And it's like, uh, I mean, look, I'm not suggesting that virginity is anything but a social construct. Sure. No, and you know, sure. some people are physical thing in some people. I'm not saying that it's important to be a maiden at all. I think it's ridiculous, but in this universe it is. So she's going around going, Oh, this is slandered to my reputation. I'm a maiden. It's like, honey, but then maybe she just didn't get a very good, you know, talk about the birds and the bees. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't count if it's, you know, I don't know. Uh, I wrote Damon, a little bit sleazy, going after the niece. Is it sleazy? Sure. Is it strategy? Is, is sleazy the word there? I, I I guess, yeah. I mean, he was doing, he, he was doing that, you know, you know when dudes wear a hood in movies or TV and they kind of stride, they do that strut. Yeah. Yes. You know, stride thing where they kind of half look out from under their hood, and he was doing mm-hmm. all that kind of acting, like that sort of "I'm a hunter, look at me, I'm in a, I'm in a hood, cape, yeah." <laughs> I wrote, "Do we have sea snake trouble?" Because apparently, since leaving the Stepstones, uh, Lord Corlys is is sort of controlling that area and might be looking to marry off his daughter to the Sea Lord of Bravos and form an mm-hmm. alliance with yep. Bravos which is an interesting political move, machination. Uh, I wrote, Alicent is not enjoying being a royal broodmare. <laughs> no, she's not. No, but it she's not. It was nice to see her and Rhaenyra sort of get a bit close this episode. But, yeah, she can't really talk about how she's not very excited about, um, uh, you know, some fairly uh, uninspiring Viserys uh, scabby sex. <laughs> sure, Yes. <laughs> And finally, I wrote Otto is out of there. Hey, he's Viserys, been hooked. Viserys is not as dumb as we, uh, well, I mean, you know, he might be really dumb for four years, but eventually he cottons on to what's happening. Yes. <laughs> eventually the, he can't live in self-denial for long enough, for, forever. And yeah. so he finally has to sort of acknowledge the truth of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll jump to your list and then we can sort of talk further. I realise I sort yeah, of feel like I'm going a mile a minute, but I'm also conscious that, you know, you have the orgy to get to and I've got to show Exactly, you. yes. <laughs> exactly right. Um, I, can, I can hear them in the distance. Uh, uh, the first item on my list was uh, Hot D finally living up to its name. <laughs> um, so we've got a bit of that this time around. Um, in, uh, second item on my list is uh, Incest now back in Game of Thrones. Yep. That uh, so that that's that's back on the back on the menu. The third item on my list was uh, Ray shags Kristen, and that definitely won't backfire. <laughs> um, I absolutely. will say though, uh, I will say just to uh, to read, you know, to to pull out a joke that I, I'm using in my recap. Uh, that's a fine example of coal fire power that I'm willing to get behind. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. The whole episode, I mean, we can maybe get into this a little bit later, but like the whole episode is about sex and power yeah. and and who 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 uses that power, how it's wielded. And it's fascinating. It, it's absolutely fascinating from like from like political, political to the personal and, and back again. And I just found that really fascinating that Rhaenyra kind of runs the gamut from being in a situation where she's sort of the, the lesser party to her to her uncle, who then she kind of takes back power in that scene and he can't really handle it and he has to peace out. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah, that, that's, certainly yeah. how, that's certainly how I had sort of well, uh, interpreted I, it. Like, Wasn't there a hint in that first episode that Damon might have erectile issues? Like, cause with, um, or, or at least he, he sort of, you know, because Missaria was saying, oh, you know, I can get you a girl, different girl or one with silver hair or something. Was there, it implied that he maybe was, you know, a bit, uh, uh, I don't want to say lacking because that's not the case, but he was having some troubles, having some, having some issues. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think it's tied, it's, it's, again, for Damon, it's tied to ideas of power. Like here, I think when the power shifted in that scenario, suddenly he couldn't perform. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, I, think yeah. was, I think that's very interesting. Mm. It's a very interesting thing in his character. It's not really something that I picked up from the books, 
Yes. Um, but it's something they've sort of threaded through his character in the show, and I think it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to play to play what is typically quite, uh, you know a type of character that's portrayed as quite virile and powerful. That's right. Yeah. Um, as someone who kind of can't really handle it when people push back on him, you know, like it, it really, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. And so Rhaenyra sort of takes back power in that scene by sort of enthusiastically responding to what's going on. Yeah. And he kind of, he kind of nopes out of there. And so she kind of is like, she does that thing where you're at the end of the night and you're like, right, okay, that didn't work out, but I I'm still really want to get laid. So yeah. what, what else is around, <laughs> you know, and, and just run straight to Kristen Cole who, as he said last episode, like, or last episode, yeah, last episode, um, you know, he owes everything to her. Like, he, yes. he is the one who is sort of the lesser party in that particular pairing. She has all the power in that in that pairing. Yeah, and I'm at sure the same that won't... time, he he knows that he's made a vow of celibacy and sure, and know. he's and he's very and he is very deliberately making a choice in that scene to break oh, that yeah. vow for yeah. her. And I'm sure that won't backfire terribly. <laughs> down the line i hope it uh, doesn't because he was i i really solidified my liking of Kristen in this episode like i think he was you know he was cheeky to her obviously he's a bit of a confidant because when they were on tour and she didn't like all these blokes and uh, she said oh do you think my dad will be angry and he's like uh which part the part where you rejected everyone or the part where you just decided to leave early you know so they obviously <laughs> get on well yeah it's an interesting dance where he's like no no i no no i'm you know, aware of the risk that this is or the, the, the stakes that are at play here. But actually, yeah, he does quite like her. You know, he actually likes her. As sure, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just all about the boning. It's actually just, you know, he, he uh, yeah, they're, they're very and good I think- friends, if, if not more. Oh, absolutely. I think, and I think he he loves her in a very knightly way, if that makes sense. Like in a very yeah, medieval yeah. sort of knightly way. Like she is his, she's his yeah. queen. She is his courtly. princess. Like yeah, the yeah. He and, and he is he is not only he's not only like literally sworn to protect her, but he is, you know, he owes everything to her, and she's mm-hmm. she's sort of taking that final step and saying, no, you're you know you're going to be a sexual partner of mine. <laughs> and I think I think for someone like for someone like Kristen, that is a massive deal. That and that he has to he has, he he's literally breaking a sacred vow by sleeping with her. Yeah, and that's yeah. a big deal for a guy like him. And I think there will be repercussions for that down the line. Oh, there are always repercussions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There are always, as we as we, uh, which I forgot to put on my list, but you might have on yours. There are always consequences. consequences unwanted consequences indeed indeed (laughs) just to finish that thought so the other side of that whole thing is alicent um and Mm. sort of alicent being trapped in this situation where you know she's not you know like like she likes viserys fine like she's he's not a bad man but there's also the sense that if the king's feeling horny he puts in the late night booty call with the servants yeah and um she gets summoned and he's like, yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather like to do that now, please. That'd be great. Yeah. And so she has to wander over to his bedchamber and just sort of lay there while he does his stuff. And Well, it's and, you know, interesting. The, the, it, mm. It's it's definitely very different to if you think about Robert Baratheon, you know, because yes. he had a queen, but then he just would um, have whores. That was the whole thing, that he just had mistresses. Mm. Uh, whereas Viserys seems to be very – he's not kind of a – I mean, the, the, he and Damon talk in this – episode about you know when we were young we we went through the streets of silk and 
bedded lots of whores. But Viserys as a, as a king seems to be very much like, oh, I just, you know, have sex with my wife. I don't need mistresses and yeah. things like that. Um, and Alicent is like, oh, great. Oh, really? could, could you get like one mistress? Like, <laughs> Yeah, do you want to get... I mean, you're fine. I'll, I'll bear, I'll, I'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah, she really is at this stage becoming quite a tragic figure. So it'll be interesting to see her journey as she ages up. Yeah, uh, I, I think that it's really interesting that they've sort of highlighted that about her because that is that is where she and Rhaenyra sort of you know diff, they've made a point of that of that difference between the two of them, where Rhaenyra is in a, is still in a position as the heir and as a princess to reclaim her sexual power in a way in in, mm-hmm. in in the in the very bounded ways that are available to her whereas Alison is kind of trapped like she has yeah. no she has no way no way out she she has a situation that she is a she is a a vessel for bearing Targaryen princes you know like yeah. like that's her job and now she says that she said I like to think I'm still lady Alison but all people see is the queen she's lost herself to the role of the queen. Yes, exactly. You know, the queen just does this. What Alison wants or likes or desires doesn't matter. You know, mm. she's incredibly privileged, lives a life of, of absolute luxury, but has no say in that life. Whereas Renera, as you point out, she's deliberately avoiding making that commitment because once she mm. does, she sees it as being the prison. So she wants she's, to stay, yeah. as she tells um Damon that she doesn't want to live in fear she just wants to live in solitude she doesn't want to follow the example of her mother who had to have babies until it killed her you know she you know can see the writing on the wall and is trying to I don't know I thought that maybe when she actually had sex with Kristen that she might be using it as a way to go oh yep sorry I've I've uh, deflowered myself so can't be the heir anymore gonna nope out of this you know conversation but she's still ambitious Mm. she's still a Targaryen you know, she's not going to take herself out of the of the uh, line of succession. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just because she wants a booty call. So, and why should she? We would argue. No, that's uh, but right. In that world, in that world, the standards are very different. <laughs> and uh, absolutely. So, yeah. Oh gosh, it was so horrible when she says to Viserys, "Like, if 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 you were me, you could have lots of bastards, and no one would." blink an eyelid if it, if I were a man it wouldn't be a problem he was like oh yeah but you're a woman and it was just so clear yeah. it was like double standard here it is well yeah and he, and he said he says it as if it's the most self-evident thing in the world which it is to him yeah of you course. Know, he's it like is, yeah. he's like what are you talking about of course I could because I'm a dude yeah you know like it, it's, it's not, just so self-evident because it's it's you know it's the uh it's the fundamental biological difference, which is, well, yes, a king can go spread his seed everywhere, but you need to keep the female body pure and locked down mm. so you can ensure that whatever is going into it is the proper, <laughs> it's the proper, <laughs> you know, there's no dilution there. There's no sneaky bastards getting in because you can't trust women to not, you know, go and shag other people. You would think maybe, hey, if we treat them nice, more nicely, they might be okay but no, 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 we've just got to keep treating them horribly and lock them down. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, giving them some respect might make them trust you. Yeah, well, we can't do that. Uh, can't do so... that. That would be crazy. <laughs> it's not subtle, but it is not a lie either. No, it's not. And it, it, it very much, you know, it's as you say, it's not subtle, but it's it's highlighting the themes of this episode and the, and the broader series in general. Mm. The next item on my list was uh, Otto Overreaches which is uh, a big sort of development. Otto is de is uh, de- de-handed. Uh, he's no longer Un-handed. the hand of the king. 
He's unhanded, no longer the hand of the king, because he keeps pressuring and pressing, and and he finally overreaches by trying to smear Rhaenyra. Yeah, and the thing is, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. No, he's not. But he makes a he makes a vital miscalculation, which is that Viserys loves his daughter. That's the key. Yes. And if you come for her directly, even if it's true, he's going to shoot the messenger. You mm. know, like like you have to be smarter than that. And he just doesn't quite get there. And it's it's almost because I I mean this is my read on it. I'd be interested to get your read. It's it's almost because. Otto doesn't even see that as an overreach. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he he's he's yeah. looking at that. He's like, well, there we are. Like, you know, he's he's someone who naturally uses his own daughter for political posturing and and, and various other things. He's someone who just naturally, if he found that out about his own daughter, would disinherit her. And so he's like, well, Viserys, here's this evidence. Like, I I got it. Like, I'm sorry, but like this is this has happened. So like, you know, you're gonna have to disinherit yeah. her now and, and Viserys I've is got- like I don't have to do shit buddy and yeah. also get out yeah yeah it is really interesting because he he forces him it's so awkward and cringy because he for Otto just wants to kind of infer imply infer imply hint at what's gone on but Viserys is like no no tell me explicitly yeah. and there's this on, awkward scene it goes on for minutes what feels like hours of of Otto going? Must I say it? As sure. as like, Otto yeah. slowly realizes the trap he's sprung on himself. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And it is interesting that, and this is the thing about Viserys in this episode is he starts off being a bit. Um, he, he starts off his usual self. He's very forgiving when Damon mm. rocks up, uh, having you know conquered the Stepstones and is now the king of the Narrow Sea with this sort of fake crown. And then he hands it in a big show of support to Viserys. He hands it over and says, there's only one true king and here I am, brother, and kind of they reconcile publicly. There's a big round of applause. So you sort of think, oh, is Viserys being, you know, maybe a bit naive thinking that Damon is, is you know, totally back on side because I think Damon mm. of, of all of them is the most ambitious and, and, and plotty. Um, and then he sort of treats both Rhaenyra and uh, obviously he's cranky at Rhaenyra for cutting short her tour to look for husbands. Um, but re- when um, poor Alison just suggests that they go and look at some tapestries, and he sort of laughs her off, and is like, oh, he loves yeah, it. Tap- yeah, shuts her totally down like in a really nasty way. <laughs> so nasty, so nasty, and um, and so Rhaenyra says, oh, I'd like to go look at them. I'll look at them over here, and so she and and Alison then end up having a really nice chat together, which was lovely to see. Hmm. Um, but sort of Vis- Viserys seemed to be, a, you know, a bit of a dickhead, a bit naive. But then he ends the episode really quite clever as, you know, he's not an idiot. He's, yeah. he's got more smarts than perhaps we give him credit for because he's the one who sort of realises that he's not going to stand for his daughter being slandered, but he's also not going to stand for her potentially risking this very important information that he's handed to her about the Song yes. of Ice and Fire. And exactly. And who, who would have thought that the knife that Littlefinger had, that then Arya had, if you put it in fire, it shows up a secret. Yes, it shows up the the prophecy. His is the song of ice and fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a very clever way of doing that, which is, you know, it's been under our nose all the time. Nobody thought to throw hmm. it in a fire in Game of Thrones. Would have saved a lot of time, <laughs> saved a lot of heartache. Um, so he's very much Rhaenyra. No, 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 you've got to take this seriously. You're not... Um, literally not to to fuck around. <laughs> you've got a you've got a heavy burden that you've got to bear, and so then that leads to the really incredible final sequence where the maester brings her in that pot of tea. 
Yes, which I've I've seen some people refer to as medieval Plan B. Um, oh right, which is you know uh, well, an in, an interesting thing um, because I've seen some people sort of there, there's been a lot of uh, Viserys's pro-choice uh, posts on social media this week and and that sort what? of thing and it's like I feel like I don't you know you maybe apply Western modern attitudes yeah, to no, no exactly a like fancy people universe. are. People are being flippant, but like you oh, know, right, I think okay. I think people may may have been uh, misreading what was going on there. It's like no, Rhaenyra isn't being offered a choice in that in that scene. She will drink that tea, and it yeah. will get rid of any unwanted consequences. Yes, there, there is no choice being offered to her in that in that particular moment. No, no, uh, it's very very interesting, and it also means that the maester now knows that that fact. Like that's another person who knows that piece of knowledge yes because if you're being if you've been told to brew a very specific pot of tea for a young woman well then all of a sudden you can put two and two together and know why what's gone on (laughs) um but uh yeah it's really interesting well you were talking in in our group chat about this um element to the show and how some people were sort of acting a bit weird about it do you want to sort of go into that the people being nonces again oh yeah i mean i posted about it on twitter too i mean i i basically I'm, I'm seeing a lot of stuff on social media and it's fine. Like, I mean, people can engage with the show however they like, but I, I do see a lot of people engaging with the show in a way that is very like just uncomplicatedly enthusiastic, if that makes sense. Like there a lot of people, especially like holding up Rhaenyra as like, you know, a, a very much like a Yas Queen sort of thing. Like, you know, yes, she's our unproblematic fave. And I'm like, Guys, it's it's Game of Thrones. Like, I don't I don't know what to tell. What do you think is going to happen here? Do you not remember Daenerys Targaryen? Like, like, and I'm not. I'm, that's not a spoiler. Like the 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 showrunners have been quite upfront about how this is a character full of. This is a show full of grey characters. Yes. Where you know it's it's they they tried for a lot of a very realistic and realistic motivations where people do good and bad things. You know, yes. Damon is a rogue, but he's not. He's not a bad guy. Um, you know, Viserys is a good man, but a bad king, and he makes good and bad decisions. Yes. Uh, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra is chafing and bristling under the, the yoke of, of, of being the, uh, the heir and does some things in this episode which are both good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, and they all these characters will do good and bad things in the future. There's, you know, it, it's just very strange to me to to think like people being like, yes, like this is absolutely my, my viewpoint character and I'll ride or die with her. And I'm like, what are you doing? What's going on? It's a really strange way that a lot of people seem to want pure hundred percent heroes and hundred percent villains in their pop culture. It's like, it's just absolutely, it's not the way the world works. Um, Yeah. And I I feel like it it ties into a lot of that broader um, discussion uh, that's been happening recently about like, you know, how people are engaging with pop culture and how people want their pop culture to be unambiguous and all the characters to be capital G good and you can't have any sort of nuance or, uh, you know, any, any, or, or even characters who are, even even like main characters who are who do bad things because that means that all the creators must endorse those bad things, you know? And it's like, oh, it's I don't, so I don't think everyone thinks like that, but but I do think there is an element of people who do think like that. And I think it's a really weird way to engage with media. 
Yeah, it's a bit, I, and it's weird because I, I can't imagine that those people would go, oh, video games create violent people. Violent video games create violent people. Sure, yeah. Although, although they probably, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Like, I mean, maybe, who they knows? maybe just, that's where we've swung around back around to, you know? It, who knows? it just seems it seems like there are people like, oh, no, 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 video games don't cause violence sort of thing. But, oh, this character acting in a certain way on a TV show will cause violence. <laughs> And it's like, it's no, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think most people, if you get some critical faculties involved, think, oh, what are, why are these characters acting the way they are? Yeah. You know, what are their motivations? And also that's where drama is. That's where conflict exactly. is. That's where yes. interesting television is, is in people making bad choices and the consequences of those bad choices. Sure. Or making good choices and the consequences of their naivety and their, you know, how crime, you know, crime does pay or, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's. It's very strange and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's not the kind of show you can go in and go, yeah, Renera is Superman. He's always going to be great. It's yeah, just- exactly. Well, which is, I mean, you know, again, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a long time and passionate defender of Superman as a character who is far more complex than he's given credit for. But well, yes, yes, of course. Yes, like, like, you know, like I, you know, that, that's my personal bugbear. But, but having said that, like, you're right. Like, like there's, there's, th- there are, Characters and and forms of storytelling that support capital G good characters, and there are shows like this where everyone is a shade of grey, and treating those grey shaded characters as unambiguously always good or you'll riot <laughs> is um is not healthy. It's not a healthy way to engage with media. I think anyway, yeah, and that's, it sets you up for me. disappointment because you yes, know, exactly. A, a lot of people will say with Daenerys is that okay. We can acknowledge that season eight of Game of Thrones maybe wasn't the best, you know, written and it, you know, could have been done another way that might have made it more satisfying. Sure. Um, but you on this very podcast had pinged Over many Daenerys, years. Many years had pinged Daenerys as potentially taking a heel turn. And sure. yes, she had all these wonderful victories and was wonderful, you know, was a great role model and was fantastic. She kept doing sport. terrible things, but they were to terrible people. So we were like, yes, queen. And yes, then she yes. did it to good people. And we're like, no, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so surprised they did her dirty. And it's like, well, when you encounter great power, it corrupts. There's a saying about yeah, it, I think. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and not to, again, it's, it's not to, to say that, um, De Niro wasn't wonderful and, and I love the character, but it's, you've got to be able to stand back and go, oh shit, that's maybe it. I should have, maybe I shouldn't have named my baby Daenerys. I was going to say like, like that, that's, that's the capper to all this. Like it, whenever you find yourself like unenthusiastic, like un, unironically, like standing a particular character, just remember all of those babies named Khaleesi. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, call them call them after someone who was good and then died in a, a very early episode. You know, I, I don't even call want to them. get into the. I don't even want to get into the the side issue of people thinking that her name for a long time was Khaleesi, like like, and then naming their what? children Khaleesi as after. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. Um, the final item on my list, just just to cap everything off, the final item on my list is holy shit! That one kid killed that other kid. <laughs> The one kid kissed, killed a fully grown man. Well, it was like it was like a, a, a yeah, he, he was a young man and, and, a, and a kid. Like like, like he that had kid to be in his twenties at least. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah exactly. He was like late teens, early twenties. That that kid oh, was probably like ten, was... and he just like gutted him. I'm like, <laughs> holy so shit! Good. It was so good because he was so ner- that kid did probably the best acting of the whole episode. Where he was all like, <laughs> "My princess, our." 
connection has been long and secure. And if you uh, take the position as my wife, you will be safe under my protection. And then the guy just starts dropping the C-bomb at him and yeah. like mocking him. I was like, that's very mean. He's not. It's not his fault he's a kid. He's been told by his family he's got to go and propose to the princess, <laughs> put himself forward as a potential husband material. It's not his fault he's 10, you know. Um, <laughs> and what I loved was the direction of that moment is to have – uh, Rhaenyra just storming out of there, just annoyed at the whole thing, telling Kristen, get the boat ready, we're going back to King's Landing. And you just hear this like sword fighting and you're like, oh no. And then you hear like a stab and you're like, oh no, that guy just killed that kid. And then you turn around and the kid's just standing and there. The, the, kid's the, one, yeah. the kid is like gagging like, huh, huh, and the guy is spitting blood, dying on the floor. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. That was great. Now that... Um- that that whole scene was was wonderful, but it also has um, some deeper resonance for Game of Thrones uh, characters because that's actually um, the 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 little the little kid apparently is a, is a Blackwood, and the the big bully guy is a Bracken, um, and the right. Blackwoods and the Brackens are kind of like the Hatfields and McCoys of of Westeros. Oh, um, okay. They have they have this long running feud, and and they and the the, the two houses like hate each other, um, which is why <laughs> we sort of. Which is why that guy was was really aggressively heckling him. Oh um, wow! And, and and why and why the little kid would have been like "fuck you, buddy" and like pull his sword, um, which Are which I like... just, just just adds a little bit to it. I love it. Oh, that's good. Were they were they where were they? Because they were obviously somewhere near a port. Were they? They were north? in that Storm's End. That Storm's End. Um, so oh, they're in the Storm's... they're in the Riverlands. Yeah. So, so that's... that that next no, to no, her no, is uh, what... Boromir Baratheon. So that's. Not the Riverlands, the Stormlands is um, uh, the Stormlands, rather. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I, I beg your pardon. Um, okay. So that that's uh, next to her was Boromir Baratheon, who's the. That's current why he was there. Okay, Lord that makes Lord sense. Of Storm's End, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, and that would explain why she was sitting on like a furry throne because it would be a stag. Yes, <laughs> yes like, exactly. Yeah, stag hide. Yeah, because I was wondering, I was like, what is this throne? That's interesting. <laughs> for for a second, I thought they were on Dragonstone, but but no, that they, they, they were they were hearing. The petitions I wouldn't, of I wouldn't Lords be surprised of the if, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they like used that same hall and they just redressed it. They used the dragon. Sure, yes, I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> one one sound, medieval hall looks like another. Yeah, same soundstage, just get a different thrown out. Um, yeah, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't realize where they were. I knew they weren't. I was like, they're not on Dragonstone. They're not in King's Landing. They're somewhere else, but it's got to be. And I was wondering, are they in the north or are they down south, like near dawn or somewhere like that but you're right the stormlands makes perfect sense it all falls into place now um yes so what else happened in that episode that we can talk about um uh sario turned up briefly when yes Masaria, like, yeah and, and it's obviously yeah. been a it's, it's been a while since he's seen her obviously he's been off fighting a war and she's been doing something else yeah, she seems to have gotten herself into a you know position of power or something. She's setting sort of herself seems... up as a little uh, spider at the uh, yeah, or, or, or she... some sort of white worm at the middle of a, a web of yeah, spies. That's right, because that's that's how Otto got the information is that her little kid had been following them, and then he then went to her or something. Did he? But she she talked about yes. how she didn't want to be in the skin trade anymore. Uh, it wasn't the secret to a long life or something. So she seems to be setting herself as like, up like a Varus kind of um, figure, hmm. maybe. But yeah, Damon sure was drunk after that. And uh, what? Do, yeah, what do we make of his dressing <laughs> down by by Viserys? 
Oh, I love it. I mean, like it, it, it's Viserys finally hitting his limit. Like he's he's yeah. like, I I cannot with you. Yeah, you need to, you need to leave. I can't. I just can't with you. Yeah, you need to go. Like like this is his final, his final like get out. Don't come back. Did I'm he done. tell him to go back to the Vale? Is that where he told him yes. to go? Yeah, he said yeah. go back to the Vale immediately and stay there. Yeah, you're you're not allowed to leave by royal decree. Uh, so that uh, will that will be a whole thing. Because now, Damon think, Damon does not like the veil. Yeah, do we think that Rhaenyra is gonna, you know, oh she's got to marry Lainor now. That's that, the, that was that's the, the that was the other big yeah. thing. So so she now has to marry has to marry Lainor and really has no ability to say no at this point. Like yeah, that's right. Has, she's has basically done a dash and needs to needs to sort of just do what she's told at this point. So so all that promise of, you know, you can find your own suitor, find someone who'll match you and that you'll be happy with. Viserys is like, I gave you the option. You yeah. chucked it away. You went and did your dirty in the street of silk with your uncle, no less. Because uh, that's the thing. They don't know about Kristen. They only know about Damon. No, he assumes it was Damon. Yeah. So he's, um, yeah, he's, he's and, and but Damon asked to marry Rhaenyra. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He was like, I want a second wife and uh, I want Rhaenyra and it shouldn't be too much of an issue, you know. And it's fascinating because is that what Damon wants or is he just sowing chaos? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, is he just being petulant or does he gin or is it both? Like, like I, I can't get a handle on whether that's, whether that was always his plan or whether he's just saying stuff to piss his brother off, you know, like, like I, I don't, I can't figure it out. He seems to genuinely like her, like in all the time when she says, you know, congratulations on your victory. Mm-hmm. And he noticed that she's wearing the necklace he gave her, you know, so he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. And he kind of looks after her as she walks away and is like, yeah, like I think he quite likes her spirit. But, yeah, is it is it just a way of getting to pissing off um, Viserys, his brother? Because, you know, he, he dis, if he disinherited him, if, if he hadn't been disinherited as the heir, would he still be interested in Rhaenyra? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the question. It's the question on everyone's lips. I don't, I, I don't have the answer. I'm, I'm still struggling with it. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. There's, there's six more episodes yeah. to go. Wow. Can you believe we're four episodes in already? Wow. Four episodes in. Uh, I think we get one more episode with uh, Millie and, um, and uh, Alison's actress. And then, um, and then we switch. Wow. Well, actually, so, funnily enough, one yeah. of my one of my cast members here, who's very young, uh, actually told me he's like, "Oh, I know Millie," and I was like, "Oh, what? yeah, well, went, of course, because she's an Australian Millie. actress. She's Australian. Apparently, they went to school together." And I was like, "Okay, yeah. hit a girl up, get her on my podcast." And he's hey, like, "Oh," I said, "He said I didn't know her that well. <laughs> we weren't, <laughs> we weren't yeah. like close friends." <laughs> sure. I was like, "Yeah, sure, that's fair." Uh, but yeah, so they went to school together, and I was like, "Oh my god." Uh, People born in the year 2000, 2001, something like that. Mm. It shouldn't be allowed. It, it's, it not allowed. Be allowed. it's not allowed. It's not allowed. But yes. Um, well, this, yeah, this was a really fun episode. I very much enjoyed it. And um, I mean, we haven't even talked about the the nudity too much, but um, I will say in terms of Rhaenyra with her sexy times with uh, Kristen Cole, um, definitely we can see why Daenerys was so uh, natural at uh, going on top. There's obviously a family uh, obviously a family predilection for uh, Yeah, the prince, the princess position. For the for the <laughs> I was gonna say cowgirl, but you know what? I think you're better I think you're right. 
Um, yeah, no, that was uh, that was, and it went it went on like they spent time. They really spent time. But then I was reading somewhere uh, that this episode was directed by a woman, and they had like you know those intimacy coaches for the sex scenes and stuff. And it was very much more like it was a very softer kind of orgy than the typical street of silk. Sort of. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds weird me saying it that way, but yeah, it was a more like um, ooh sensual. Uh, so if you believe that those things uh, have an impact, then certainly this episode <laughs> is sure. evidence to back you up. But, yeah, it was still and, – and there was like as, – as we said, there was full frontal male nudity. So I'm happy as Larry. Yeah. I was very excited. <laughs> to say, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> they've done it. By Jove, they've done it. That's a, that's a big thumbs up from Natalie. That's right. And uh, <laughs> and that's not a euphemism. Uh, not a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stu, um, thank you so much for uh, your wit and wisdom as always. Um, I look forward to discussing, uh, seeing the consequences play out in episode five. That's it. We're, um, we're getting a wedding next uh, next episode. Wait, what? Oh, I suppose Rhaenyra. Not, and- a, not a red wedding, but uh, a wedding nonetheless. So this is Rhaenyra and. Um, Rhaenyra child. and Lainor will be uh, married. And uh, like all family gatherings, it looks like uh, things don't go smoothly. Oh, have you seen a preview? Yes. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I haven't the, seen preview, the preview's out there. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, they've been doing previews. I just haven't been watching them. You know, spoilers. Oh, you've so, been incredibly busy. I've been, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, it's because I've been busy, not because I keep forgetting that there are previews. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, all, uh, everyone, for listening. If you do want to call in, at Girl Clumsy is my Twitter, at Disco Stew is Stew's Twitter. Uh, please let us know your um, loves, likes. Oh, we should quickly mention, um, sorry sorry to derail the um, the outro, but we should quickly mention oh. that we did actually have a call-in this week. Oh, we had a call-in. Oh, yes, we did have a call-in. We had a call-in from Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast who actually Indeed. sent us an audio file. If I can, I will insert the audio file here where he talks about the tabletop gaming <laughs> Yes. I was uh, I was I was uh, being uh, facetious about the battle plan in last week's episode and the stepstones about how they you know who carves all the intricate you know dragon set pieces they that they use to plan out their battles you know the big the big chess pieces essentially but with dragons on them and crabs so yes Greg did call in and I will put an excerpt of that call in here I'd like to point out that that's the dream job for anyone like myself who likes to play like Warhammer 40,000 or, or any game from Games Workshop or any, any other non-affiliated Games Workshop uh, miniatures game. Could you imagine you've been maligned all your life and you're that weird geek guy that likes to paint little miniatures and put them together and build them up in a certain way and finally, finally, Matt Damon comes to you and goes, Gregoire... You're the hero we need. You need to paint little heroes. I can do eyes really well, Matt Damon. He's like, yes, yes, you can. I'll make the dragons look really cool. Cool, whatever, whatever, dude. Just paint. and then I'll, 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 I'll modify them and I'll use some green stuff to make it look more realistic. Sure, sure, whatever. It'll look just like your dragon. We all, it'll be the right color. Red. All right, right. You, you need to get away from me now before I beat you to death like my messages. Anyway. I just thought you'd like to know that as a miniature wargaming guy, I was very excited to see that table because someone had to build it. And those generals looked very excited to be playing that game. 
Oh, that was very fun. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for calling in. I'm so glad that you and fellow Warhammer enthusiasts uh, got to see giant miniatures <laughs> in action. They got <laughs> to a, see themselves represented in the fantasy universe. That's <laughs> all, we, main, all any of us want. In a mainstream fantasy show. Uh, but yes, at Girl Clumsy, at Disco Stew, um, you can go to facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne. And of course, the best and biggest thank you to my Patreons, uh, patreon.com slash Girl Clumsy. If you want to throw a couple of bucks to the way of the podcast, it may end up paying for more physio for my freaking leg. <sighs> um, but I... <laughs> Well, in all seriousness, people people have asked, you know, can do do you have a like a, a GoFundMe or something? And it's like have you have a Patreon, please, please I, subscribe I to Natalie's Patreon. Yes, please throw me a couple of bucks. It will not yeah. go astray. I have a website renewal, which I think I mentioned last time. That's happening. I think I have to get a new microphone because the one I've been using for these podcasts is playing havoc with us every time we go to record. It seems to take us multiple efforts to set up. So um, yes, your your support does not go astray. And, uh, yeah, it might end up being <laughs> needing pins or physio straps and braces and God knows what else for my dodgy limbs, which nobody actually nobody should have to pay for that. If you want to support the writing, support the writing because you like it. Don't support me because you pity my stupid joints. <laughs> Do whatever you want. I don't mind. Come and see Titanic if you're in Sydney. Titanic the movie, the play. We're at the Maritime Museum. We're outdoors. Bring a jumper or a blanket. And, uh, yeah, come see the fun. It's a fun show. And with that, Stu, as we always like to say, Valamogoulis. The dragons will dance. <laughs> sexy. Very sexy. Oh, actually, I can hear the orgy calling me, so I'll just go. Okay. See you, Stu. Bye. Have fun. Be safe. Lube up. Lube up.